Hey folks, this is episode 17 of the Conservatarian Podcast with your host here, CJ Westfall. I have a special guest today here, Cameron Ventura. I had met him uh, briefly during the Gary Johnson campaign, and now he's running for District Seven, or excuse me, District 68 for South Carolina House of Representatives. How are you doing this morning, Cameron? Hey, CJ, I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing great myself, man. I'm a little bit tired, had a long weekend, but um, it, it's it's beautiful down here in Charleston. Um, I just wanted to ask you, man, um, it looks like you're running as a libertarian. Um, what made you want to run? District 68 is up by Horry County, is that right? Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. We cover uh, a decent part of, of uh, our, our local region here. Um, cover about 50,000 people, mainly Socastee and Forestbrook area. Okay. That's awesome, man. Is that is that where you currently are living right now? That's right. Yeah, my wife and I moved uh, back from here originally, '68, and uh, we moved back here over the summer. And uh, so yeah, bought a house on uh, in Forestbrook, and definitely enjoying being back. That's awesome, man. Good for you guys. That's cool. How long have you been with your wife? Uh, so we just celebrated our four year anniversary wow. in March. That's awesome, man. Congratulations on that. That's really cool. Thank you. Um, okay, cool, man. Well, I just wanted to ask you, because I'm a libertarian myself, and um, you're the first uh, House of Representatives candidate that I've had on the show that's running libertarian, so I was really excited to have you on the show, man. I've I've been a bad libertarian. I've had so, uh, some Republicans <laughs> on, <laughs> and uh, more libertarian-leaning Republicans, uh, but you're going for it, man. You're, you're going all the way for it, and I really, really respect that, and that's why I was excited to have you on the show. Um, so what made you decide to run as a libertarian rather than maybe a Republican? Sure. Yeah. Great question. Um, you know, I've, I'm honestly fairly new to the political process, right? So, um, really just in 2014 with the Gary Johnson campaign, that was the, the first time that I really got interested in politics. I began to see how the decisions of our elected leaders actually impact real people's lives. And so it was through that that I started learning and reading a lot and, and, and understanding what the Libertarian Party stood for as a, uh, up against like the Republican or the Democratic parties. Um, and you know, what I saw that I liked that was different about the Republicans uh, as opposed to the Libertarians is that the, the Republicans and even the Democrats, they have a lot of uh, issues-based platforms. So they say these are all the things that we like and so we're going to support them. Um, with the Libertarians, they're more of a, a principles-based platform. And so I liked how really that they decide what their position is going to be. It's fleshed through the, the political philosophy of, you know, is this best for the individual? Is this um, upholding the individual's rights? Is this going to be um, overall uh, increasing uh, the just of our the justness of our system? And so um, I just really like that. I thought it was a better way to look at politics. It was the first group that I've seen that, that did that. And so that's what first got me interested in, in libertarianism in general. And then, you know, as I started researching it, and especially for my district, you know, it's clear that living in South Carolina and, and Horry County in particular, everybody's a Republican. Almost every vote is, is going to go for the Republican Party most of the time because, one, few people run that aren't running as Republicans, and really even the Republican uh, you know, primaries have become um, Democrats and Republicans. It really is the general election. Uh, everybody's just saying they're Republicans. And so I wanted to, to come against that a little bit. I wanted to kind of breathe some fresh life into the political atmosphere here in Horry County, let people understand what libertarianism is, let them know they have other options besides just sticking with the party. I think the party's really disillusioned a lot of people in recent years, uh, mm-hmm. both on obviously the federal level, but also the state level and local levels as well. And so really all those reasons led me to decide you know, to run and uh, also to run with the Libertarian Party. 
Wow, man. Well said. Definitely, definitely have a great understanding of what libertarianism is, and I'm glad that you're the guy that's that's doing it, that's carrying the banner up there in District 68. Um, definitely seems like you have a great understanding of it. Um, that's fantastic, man. So it looks like the 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 young lady that you're running against is Heather Crawford. Um, looks like she came in there in 2012 in a special election. We were talking a little bit off the air. Um, it was a very, very small election uh, where she garnered about 1,400 votes. Um, it looks like, uh, oh, that was in the primary. And then in the general, it was about 10,000 votes. Most recently, it was about 13,000 votes um, that she had garnered in the 2016 election. Um, so I know you said there's about 50,000 people in your district, about you know 13,000 of them are, are voting. Uh, what is your strategy to get out there and, and speak to all those voters between now and November 8th? Yeah, yeah, great question. So um, you know, we got to keep in mind for this election that it's going to be a lot different last election is we're in an off year. And so we had 13,000 last time. I expect a lot less to actually show True. up at the polls this year. And so you know, with that in mind, uh, most of the people we're going to see showing up, if nothing changes, are going to be the retired folk, which we have a lot of them here in this county. Um, and, and so with that, I think my main idea is to find the, the people that are here already that are being impacted by the decisions of our state legislature um, and begin to, to dialogue with them, begin to hear what they're interested in, um, and then to generate some political interest in them so that they can, can get involved in the process. So hopefully generate some new voters that might have never considered the process being helpful in the past, which I've definitely been there myself, mm -hmm. um, and then begin to kind of build a, a new, um, I guess, platform of, of people here in District 68 um, that are interested in uh, and actually willing to lend their time and their efforts um, to, to make a change where previously I think most of us decide just to let the system happen, accept that it's corrupt and, and not do anything with it. Um, and so, yeah, really just finding people that actually are passionate, but are just not yet aware of it. Um, and also hearing what those, you know, lifetime voters uh, actually care about and feel um, and beginning to educate them. Because even last night I was having dinner with my grandparents and as we're talking about this, um, you know, my grandparents and my parents are sitting there and, and asking all these questions, realizing that they've been, you know, residents here for 30 years and, mm -hmm. and they never um, really understood what the state government did, what it impacted, what um, what the platform for a state, you know, a candidate would actually look like. And mm -hmm. so I think there's a lot of people like that. We just don't realize, you know, the impact that it has. And so just bringing some education that would hopefully um, encourage people to, to get out and vote come November. That's great, man. I, I think that's really well said. Uh, because when it comes down to it, I mean, um, he, he's not libertarian, but Milo Yiannopoulos always says that 70% of people are libertarian and they just don't even know it. So I think what you said there that was really stood out to me was um, activating those voters who are would be for our platform but don't even realize it more freedom to protect yourself more freedom to do what you want with your own body more freedom to um you know take spend your treasure the way that you see it fit rather than the way the government sees it fit um freedom is definitely the the best platform that's out there when it's articulated correctly and i th definitely think you're the guy to do it um so let's get into it man um heather crawford is somebody who's taken a lot of donations from uh, duke energy um, looks like she's also taken money from electric cooperatives of South Carolina. Um, the reason I bring that up is because the energy debate is the forefront of all the all the races that are coming up this November here in South Carolina. Um, all the candidates that I've spoken to for state house so far, um, th this has been the number one issue. 
Um, so how is how is her donations? I mean, I, I know we spoke a little bit a bit on off the air about how just because she took donations from those places doesn't necessarily mean wrongdoing. Um, I'm not trying to demonize her or mischaracterize her in any way. Uh, but has the have these donations affected her votes on energy? And um, how do you kind of differentiate yourself from her votes um, on on energy? Sure. Yeah. Great question. So, um, yeah, if you look just over the past uh, you know, legislative session, um, we've seen a lot of interesting bills come up. Uh, not all of them have been good, and, and even the ones um, that, that have gone through or had votes on them, um, they, they've not been all good in, in and of themselves. And so one thing about um, Heather is she's definitely been consistent. She's voted no every single time, um, which what that means is she's voted no to increase the potential of uh, or the amount of solar uh, panel houses uh, in um, the state, right? And so what that does is it limits the market. It, it doesn't allow as many people um, to access solar panels, even if they want them, um, which is consistent uh, with what I would consider as anti-conservative uh, principles, because anytime you're limiting the market, you're allowing individual corporations to have pretty much a monopoly over the customers, which puts the customers at the will and at the expense of the corporations themselves, because we don't have any other options. Uh, and so right now it's at 2% That's where it's been. Uh, one of the bills would have brought it up to 4%. There's a lot of talk of just totally getting rid of, of the amount uh, in general, allowing as many people to get solar as wanted it. Um, and so Personally, you know, as I stated, I would have voted yes. Like, let's increase it. Let's allow this market, which is growing and doing really well in our state, to continue growing. Um, and, and the reason for that is, again, it increases people's options, uh, which I think the more options you have in a market, the better the rates are going to be, the better uh, the market is going to choose what actually works and what's good. Um, and so voting no, I think, hurts those options. Now, uh, I've heard from her, which I definitely agree with, uh, the negative of doing it that way right now with our current system is it would allow these subsidies uh, to be maintained. And that was her issue, was that she didn't want um, the people that are using traditional energy to have to subsidize the, the manufacturing and the installation of these solar panels, which you know, it makes sense. That's not a free market economy. That's not uh, getting government out of things. That's forcing other people to pay for it. So that's not the best situation. Um, I would definitely like to see uh, a full lift of those regulations, allow people more access to access the energy that they want um, uh, to increase the market, um, to also lower prices that way. But eventually, hopefully, we'll get there. But in the short term, I definitely think that uh, the better option would be to begin moving the market to more of a free market, letting people have more choice. Well, that was a really great and nuanced answer, I think, there, Cameron, and I, and I agree with you on all fronts there. Uh, maybe not everybody would, but I think I do. Uh, basically, what you're saying is is they were proposing to lift the cap of allowing more than 3% of people to in South Carolina. Right now, as it is, it's only 3% of people in South Carolina are allowed to have solar, is the way I understand it, and they were talking about lifting that caps, would be, which would be a huge threat to Duke Energy and the... Um, the donors of your your opponent, um, so that would be a huge threat. And basically, what the the energy companies were saying was, "Hey, well, if you if you remove these caps, we're going to keep raising rates as a result of losing customers to solar, exactly. uh, which sucks. Right. And it, it it definitely doesn't it doesn't allow the the consumer choice that we really need 
to to see where hey if solar's cheaper we'll go with solar if if going with the power company's cheaper i'll go with the power company um so before we can even have the conversation of hey let's let's remove these subsidies um to see if this industry can stand on its own we have to at least be able to give consumers the choice to even have it in the first place uh but with with the the state house and the state senate only allowing three percent of consumers to own this own this technology i mean it's been four years since 2014 since solar has been an option here in south carolina and um, i've seen it up close i mentioned to you i did a brief stint with um, solar panel sales and i saw how um, it affects people's lives directly it it allows people to lower their energy bill and these and these are middle income people these aren't rich people that get these solar panels i'm just being straight up um, the, it, it's, it's middle income Americans that are paying X amount and they look at it and they say, okay, I'll have no power bill in 10 years. I'll have it all paid off. I'll have um, an ATM on my roof. I'll, I'll have less power bill each month. Oh my gosh, it's a no brainer. So in the eyes of, of the, con- the constituents, um, consumer choice is, is better because it's they get to keep more of their own money um, so I, I agree that maybe she does have the right intentions and not wanting to vote for a subsidy but at the same time you got to give the choice before you you kind of get to that argument so I definitely understand where you're coming from there um, it I would definitely feel a lot better about um, her argument um, if if she was making the conservative argument of yeah I'm not voting for this because of the tax subsidies if she hadn't taken the money from the uh, utility companies that so much oppose the solar um, the the solar agenda in South Carolina but she's taken a few thousand um, from a, a couple of different <laughs> utility companies um, so if <laughs> do you plan on or have you taken any money from any utility companies yet? No, I'm not, not taking any money. Uh, as we were mentioning, you know, just before we started, um, I'm of the opinion, you know, using any type of uh, argument, any type of uh, topic, whether it's going to be solar energy, whether it's going to be um, the NRA, whatever it is, uh, when it comes to donations, um, I, I agree with uh, the, the idea that um, if someone or some company agrees with you know, my philosophy, my platform, what I'm going to vote for, and they decide to, to donate to me, I'm not going to reject it, um, but I'm also not going to allow it to um, have any kind of bearing on how I vote, how I speak, you know, the, uh, the things that I support. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, if, if any of those corporations are considering it right now, I'm not going to, you know, reject, you know, your, your donation if you want to do that, but at the same time, like, they, they've got to be aware that, um, when money gets into the situation, it definitely creates uh, suspicion uh, on the part of a lot of people because it looks like there's a lot more of a potential that people are going to believe that those dollars are impacting your votes. And so if my votes are consistent, which they will be, um, to, to not uh, support these people that are giving money, if they still want to give me money, I'm not going to reject it. But if my votes begin shifting or the, the reasons why I'm voting become weak, uh, then I think there's perfect uh, good reason for people to begin asking questions and, uh, you know, looking into, okay, is this person influenced by these dollars? Um, and, and I'm not saying one way or the other with her. I don't, I don't know uh, her personally. I'm not sure, you know, what her philosophy is. Um, but I'm saying that, that for me, you know, I, I think that, um, it, like we've discussed here, there's plenty of reasons why, like you said, the conservative, uh, more free market, more libertarian ideas in the energy situation would lean much stronger toward let's increase the market. That's, that's basic conservative principles. And so, um, yeah, I, 
answer your question, no, I have not accepted any money, but I've also not been offered any money. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand where you're coming from, man. And, sure. um, I, I think people, when, once they get to know you, will appreciate the way that you're able to look at issues from a nuanced perspective, whereas uh, Republicans kind of have to wear the jersey of being a Republican and kind of kind of go towards whatever their tribe wants. Um, but you're you're sure. you're very nuanced, and that's that's definitely something I've noticed um, about you so far. Well, there, um, there is definitely a lot of freedom that comes too from you know not being tied to uh, a party that's as established in this area. Because when that happens, you know the Republicans have been here forever, and there's an expectation uh, that once the party decides something, or once the majority of even people in Congress begin voting one way, the expectation is for for other Republicans to do the same. Um, and so there's a good point. Uh, one thing that I uh, am thankful for is not being a Republican um, is just the fact that I am not going to be swayed by you know what the Republicans or even the Democrats, whoever it is, begins voting or saying about a specific um, issue or a specific um, you know, topic. I can use my principles, like we mentioned earlier, to allow that to determine what my vote's going to be and, and my position on things, which I think definitely plays in right here. Awesome, man. Well, I, I mean... Hearing somebody as principled as yourself that's running, um, it's definitely it's definitely great to hear. Uh, we need more people like yourself that are out there that have a bold libertarian free market agenda um, that are out there hustling. Um, that kind of brings me to my next topic here. Um, what is your strategy to get out there and beat a Republican in a Republican district? Um, people have always said, you know, libertarians are just running to, for 3%, 4%, 5% as a win. Um, but I mean, I, I, I don't like that. I, I like, I mean, I voted for Gary Johnson I re- because I really thought he had a chance to win. Um, I, I, I didn't vote because I, I thought I was wasting my vote. And a lot of people say that sure. libertarians are a waste of, of your vote. How do you combat that argument? Um, that you know that you're going to get, um, and, and what is your specific strategy on the ground um, to reach voters? Sure, sure, sure. So uh, I think that we're in a really interesting political place in our country right now, um, and especially on the local level. <clears throat> I think that a lot of people are becoming disillusioned with the idea of a party, and specifically what I mean is that, you know, the, the Republican Party ha- has had an identity for the past hundred years, right? They they are the party that supports freedom. They are the party that supports not spending money we don't have and not taking taxes from people so that we can spend it on a government level. Um, that, that's been kind of what they've been about. Uh, but in recent years, I, I think that they've really begun to change their identity. And I think that the people that believe in those principles, that believe in those uh, types of, of ideas, are, are becoming disillusioned with the party because the party is no longer representing uh, the, the beliefs and the identity that the people have really resonated with. And so when you bring it down to a, a local level, um, I don't think that when you're voting for a, a state house of representative or a county council, anything like that, I don't think that the parties are starting to matter as much. And, and what I mean specifically is that I believe that as I begin speaking to people and as they begin hearing um, how I talk and the, the philosophy that I use to, to make my decisions and my points, um, I think that they'll begin to see that really me as an individual or the Libertarian Party as a party, um, we now embrace and really uh, – hold up those, those ideas and those um, principles and the philosophy that these people have agreed with for a really, really long time. Uh, the letter after the name has changed, um, but I think that they'll begin to see that the Republicans don't represent them as well as they once did, and hopefully that will um, encourage them to get involved in the process and get out with their vote, um, because they'll see that 
um, you know, supporting a libertarian candidate is really supporting the candidate that, that they most agree with, uh, that actually represents them. Because I want to hear the issues that they have and begin speaking with them to see if, which I believe most of the time it will, the libertarian philosophy and my personal philosophy uh, better represents what they want and what they think is going to work. Well, well said, man. And if we're being realistic here, I mean, based on like Gallic polls, Rasmussen polls, lower taxes always polls good. Gun rights sure. always polls good. Uh, gay marriage, legalization of marijuana, that always polls good. Um, so if right. you're looking at what the majority of Americans support, the majority of Americans support the libertarian agenda and just don't even realize it. So it's just a matter of getting that message out. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you there, man. I think once people hear you speak, um, they'll definitely, they'll definitely, um, you know, be inclined to vote for you. Um, and I didn't even think about that since 2016 was a, you mentioned earlier, was an election year where it was a presidential year. Mm -hmm. This is an off year. Um, there's probably right. going to be a, a, a much larger opportunity because there'll be a lower turnout, which, I mean, higher turnout's always better for democracy, but um, in your right. case, um, a lower turnout might actually be better. Um, so that definitely makes sense, man. Um, so are you out there going door to door? Are you are you making campaign calls? What are, um, what's your what's your strategy for get out the vote there? Sure. So so not quite yet. We're still building uh, a lot of the groundwork in. I'm getting the website finished up, and just launched our Facebook page this week. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely encourage people to check it out. It's SC sixty or SC sixty eight Cameron Ventura, and um, you know just trying to begin uh, really getting a lot of the information available because I don't want people to you know know my name without yet being able to see what I support and the ideas that I uh, agree to. And so that's step one. Uh, we do have you know with us not having a primary. There's not uh, that immediate need to be completely on the ball with it, um, you know, really out knocking on doors yet. And so it gives us a little bit more time to really solidify and clarify a lot of these points. And so hopefully we're finishing that up very, very soon. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll begin doing some events. We'll begin knocking on doors and making phone calls. Uh, definitely encourage people to get involved if you're interested. Reach out to me personally. My phone number is on that site. My email is there. Um, very open. Would love to talk to people. Uh, my biggest uh, you know, focus right now is I want to hear from the constituents in District 68, you know, to hear what they care about, what issues they have, what concerns they have, to begin um, working with them to see how they can help support their cause that they're passionate about. Awesome, man. And I definitely think listening is the best way to start. Uh, the Bible says you have sure. two ears and one mouth for a reason because you're supposed to listen twice as much as you talk. And that was the first thing you said to me when we got on the phone today. I, I definitely noticed you said, I wanted to, I want to listen um, rather than force your agenda down somebody else's throat because not everybody will be a libertarian. So, uh, and, right. and the best way to, I mean, in sales personally, the best way, um, the best way to, um, to, to, to sell to somebody is to listen to them um, and listen to where they're coming from um, before you can find out if you can meet their needs. Um, so yeah, I wanted to real quick give you one more plug on that. Um, the Facebook sure. page is SC68 Cameron Ventura. Um, that's C-A-M-E-R-O-N-V-E-N-T-U-R-A. Um, that's SC68 at Cameron Ventura. So yeah, that, definitely go check him out. And um, our listeners are definitely going to be excited to hear that there's a libertarian run in here in South Carolina. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add, Cameron? I think this has been a great show so far, a great introduction of yourself to the community. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only other thing that I can think of is just, uh, like you mentioned, this is going to be, I believe, a difficult race uh, because uh, 
we in the South, and especially here in Horry County, uh, we have very much a Republican culture, and I think that uh, the uh, party ballot has been detrimental to democracy in general. And so I think the only way to begin seeing a change uh, in our laws and in our state is going to be to inform ourselves uh, and to help others to become informed, which happens in our, our day through sharing on Facebook, through sharing on Twitter, through letting people know what's available and what the facts are. And so I just really encourage anybody, you know, if you've been encouraged by anything that I said today or that CJ said, um, if you're interested in helping out, uh, please do so. You know, let people know, share, link, all those good things. Um, so I think that's definitely going to be vital to having uh, any kind of impact come uh, November. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming on. And please, please, please stay in touch. Um, let's definitely bring you back on the show um, as as the race goes on, you, you got a long time before the race actually kicks into full swing. Like you said, um, November sixth. I I'll correct myself is when uh, people are going to go out there and vote. I think you got a great shot, man. You got a, you're very articulate. You know the issues, and um, uh, you you stand for the right things. And it sounds like you you'd be working for the constituents rather than for some of these special interests. Um, that are killing the free market here in South Carolina, frankly. And um, I know you're you're a lot more nuanced about it, but um, I, I guess I can be more radical about it. And I'm, I'd rather see much more consumer choice here um, so people can keep more of their own money. Uh, but thank you so much, Cameron, for coming on. Uh, promise me that you'll come back on and um, as the election heats back up and we'll check in with you. Um, but anyways, thank you so much for coming on, man. Today has been episode 17 of the Conservatarian Podcast. Join us tomorrow. Uh, we're having another really awesome candidate for state house um, and the 110 race join us um, for tomorrow's episode. So tune in for episode 18. Thank you so much for listening, folks, and have a great and wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye.